Welcome back to the Go to Go podcast, man. Episode 62, week 8 of the NFL season coming right around the corner, man. Jumping into our last week, Pigums, man. Not a good week for either of us, man. A lot of shocking games around the league. We went 5-8 and eight both. You still the two-game lead at 63 and 43. I'm sitting at 61 and 45 on the year, man. Um, but before we jump into our week eight picks, I'm going to hit you with, you know, one hot or not that's kind of been going around the league. Big question mark throughout pretty much this entire season and last off season. I've yet to ask you, hot or not, the NFL should ban the tush push. Come on, man. You know, I'm obviously going to say that's a hot take and they shouldn't ban it. It's, I mean, I guess people think it's like a controversial play or whatever, but I mean, time and time again, you just, you see teams not able to execute it. The Monday night game was a perfect example on the goal line. Kirk Cousin goes for a little tush push and Fred Warner just jumps over and blows it up. Like it just didn't work. For these teams that don't have, you know, a center especially, I think, is the key part. Like, Jason Kelsey, who's just so good at getting low and creating that small lane. And Jalen Hurts using his legs and that strength and pushing the pile. Like, it, it's just not the same. Now, will it get banned? I don't know. It's I feel like it's still up in the air. Like, it, it's still close. But, yeah, as an Eagles fan, obviously, I'm going to say that that's a hot take. They shouldn't ban it at all. Like, it's... The Eagles have kind of like made it their signature play. Like, why why would you take that out of the game? That's like, if you're a pitcher and your best pitch is a curve and you throw a better curveball than every other pitcher, like that's your signature pitch. That's what you're known for. League not gonna take it out of the game just because you do it better. So, no, nah, I think they should keep it in the league. Keep it. I I agree with you, man. I mean, yeah, I just watching the the full Eagles game is you know that Dolphins Eagles game. I saw it happen a bunch of times. I don't think they should ban it. You're 100% right. Eagles so effective with it. I mean, they get like three yards every time they do it. I mean, yeah, you can run that play three times, and I think they'd get a first down almost every <laughs> every drive. But and sooner or later, we they already did it earlier this year. But you're gonna see a variation of something where like Herds like rolls out, or they pitch it out, or it's gonna be a pass. That they're gonna add a, like a little wrinkle to it, like. It, it just works too much right now for them to not, like, add to it and make it an even better play. So, I'm sure somewhere down the line, like, in a big game or something, we'll definitely see them pull out, like, a pitch to one of those push guys or maybe, like, Hurts, like, hands it off, like, in the pile, like, behind him or something. I don't know. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see. And keeping it, I guess, on the same track as the Philadelphia Eagles, man. New addition this week, man. You've been, you know, asking for that secondary help. Eagles, they finally get it, man. What are your thoughts? Um, I think Kevin Byard, all pro. He's been one of the best safeties in the league for years and now at this point from Tennessee. He was kind of like a staple, like the best defensive player on that team for a while. So, I mean, it's just exactly what this Eagles team needs. a veteran, Another veteran presence who has experience, knows what he's doing, and it'll help in that secondary. And uh, you kind of saw the player we traded him, traded away for for him kind of got exposed in that uh, Sunday night game against the Dolphins. Edmonds took a bad angle. Now, granted, it was against Tyreek Hill. I can't blame him for that. But if you get Kevin Byer back there, you know, a, a better player, maybe he takes a better angle. 
gets a better read, gets there quicker, maybe makes a play on the ball or, you know, make it harder for Tyreek to catch. But, I mean, in all seriousness, it, like, you can't ask anybody to guard that. He's just – Tyreek's just different. But I think in the grand scheme of things, I I want to see him come in, maybe not be an impact player or be as good as Chauncey Gardner was last year for us, but I think he can play in that kind of similar role where Chauncey Gardner was kind of like a do-it-all player for us in the back last year. He came down in the box, over the top, was able to help in the nickel at times as well. Just a overall Swiss Army knife, a guy that's you know played a lot of NFL football, and that'll definitely, definitely be a big help in that secondary. Although we saw him make a couple plays that Sunday night game, I think, you know, because our pass rush isn't getting home on a historical level like it was last year, maybe now that Bayard's back there, that quarterback holds on the ball a tick longer and helps that pass rush get going. But, I mean, it's literally exactly what this Eagles team needed. You can't really complain. 30 years old, a little on the older side, but when you're playing safety, you don't need an elite, elite athlete back there. He's already playing so far off the ball. You just want somebody smart, able to read the quarterback, good in zone coverage, and who's a ball hawk, able to make plays on the ball. And I think Kevin Byer brings all of that to this Eagles team. And I think it'll be fun to watch him playing. I think we see the corners get a, get a little better too. Maybe, you know, Slay and Bradbury get a little more aggressive now that they know they have someone like Kevin Byer over the top. Reed Blankenship when he gets back healthy. Whereas before, a lot of Patrick, you know, just throwing guys back there. Rookie Cindy Brown was back there. Justin Evans had some play earlier this season. For the Eagles, but, you know, there's nothing like Kevin Byard who has, you know, his name holds weight in the league, you feel me? So I think it, it's just overall helps the defense tremendously. I think it's a great pickup, especially what we gave up for him. Um, keeping it trade deadline, what, the end of next week, I think, the 30th? Yeah. 31st? I think, yeah, 31st. It's one, it's one, yeah. So next week, I mean. Literally a week, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Seven days. Um. Recording on the 24th. So, I mean, we're going to get some, you know, more trades. Usually, last week of the trade deadline, names start flying around. I mean, we've already been hearing a bunch of names flying around. And a bunch of teams, you know, jumping into those trade rumors as buyers or sellers. Then the Cowboys came out today and said they are not participating in the trade deadline. Jerry Jones, Classic GM Jerry. owner Jerry Jones, <laughs> went ahead and he said... uh the, the roster was good. I mean, I don't know what his, you know, football knowledge is up to. But he said it's fine. So, you know, how that's how the Cowboys are rocking. But two teams that have, you know, kind of been named sellers. Now the Titans after that trade. Um, Derrick Henry's also getting some calls around the office. I saw a report saying, like, pretty much anyone's available right now for the Titans. And, I mean... Outside of Derek Henry, who I wouldn't even be, you know, that extremely high on in the first place. Like, who do they really have to offer? So, uh, we'll see. I don't know. The Panthers have been another team. The Broncos. Um, the Jets had some names, even though, you know, they're not true sellers. Vikings, obviously. But Vikings, you know, two wins in a row. So, maybe things change. And then. The Pats as well. I mean, they caught a dub against Buffalo, first time in a in a while they won a game this year. I'm not sure what week it was, but it's been some weeks. They got a win against the division rival Bills. I mean, the Panthers. I think Jeremy Chin, Dante Johnson, Jackson, excuse me, Terrence Marshall, 
And maybe, you know, I know Brian Burns, the superstar pass rusher, has always been off the block. Maybe this is the year Panthers pull a trigger because they don't have a first-round pick traded to um, the Tech. No. Yeah, they traded up to the number one pick for yeah. Bryce Young. They, I think they traded, their, I think, like, two first DJ Moore to move up for Bryce Young with the Bears. Oh, yeah, it was the Bears. It was the Bears. Yep. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they could be looking for, you know, some picks in return, especially after the way this year has gone. And, you know, Bryce Young needs some help. This team is not nearly there. I mean, they got some good pieces they can move and get some, you know, decent value for. The Broncos, I mean, has been swarming with Jerry Judy, who now has, you know, character issues. People say the, you know, locker room type player. but it's just that Broward in him, man. <laughs> I won't even say it's just the Broward, man. I mean, I saw something that was like, I'd have character issues if I played for the Broncos, too. I mean, you're not lying. You're a receiver in that two years under Let Russ Cook and, you know, going from Nate Hackett to Sean Payton right now. I couldn't blame him if, if Judy wanted out right now, to be honest. And, I mean, I think they're looking for, you know, third-round pick, second-round pick. I'm not sure what exactly they're looking for, uh, his value, but... I would expect the team to go out and trade for Jerry Judy. I need some receiver help. Saw the Browns in there. They might, you know, try to beef up that wide receiver room, but Yeah, the Browns need more than just a receiver right now though. I totally agree, but <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, uh, not too sure how, how much that will help you guys. Justin Simmons, another name that's been thrown out there for the Broncos, veteran safety. I mean, that would have been a guy for the Eagles, but now with that new addition. Probably gone, and then the Jets, I wrote this last week, so McCole Hardman was on that list. He mm. went ahead and packed his bags back to KC. Dalvin Cook, who was the big offseason you know, acquisition to where the Jets kind of overpaid for Dalvin Cook and just not utilize him at all, probably get traded this season. And then maybe Carl Lawson, who's been a healthy scratch, you know, past couple weeks. I, I think he's a healthy scratch this week as well. Um, that's another name. And then the Pats, I mean, they really don't have much. But Kendrick Bourne, if a team needs wide receiver help, seeing his name thrown in there to pair with, you know, the Vikings. And obviously, I think they came out today and said they're not trading Kirk. But Daniil Hunter's still on the table. Vikings maybe feel like they could get a playoff push going. Tough matchup this week, um, I believe. But those are really the names I've kind of been seeing around there and the teams that have been involved. Not sure. What you got on your end? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, the trade deadline is it's so it's so tricky. Like it's always like this. You just hear so many rumors leading up to it. Like will guys get moved, and maybe we see one big splash name like Kevin Byer could easily be like the biggest name we see moved at the deadline. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, you pretty much ran through everything. I mean, those are all the names that I've seen as well. I've seen a couple of names from the Commanders trying to become sellers too. I think Montez Sweat and Chase Young were two names that were kind of floating around there. But will they actually move on for him? Who really knows? So it's more of just a wait and see game. I think there are certain teams out there, you know, like the Chiefs, who already made a, a push at uh, Nicole Harmon and brought him back. Maybe they want some more receiver help. Their defense is already playing super, super good, but. You know, at some point, you kind of want someone else just besides Travis Kelsey catching the ball. She Rice has stepped up, but 
you probably want to see more from the receiving core to kind of just take the lead off of Kelsey because he is an older tight end at this point. So I, I would just say, like, you know, looking for those contenders, man, those teams that are really trying to make that push, trying to add one more piece to get over that hump, you know, kind of like the Eagles did with that secondary addition. Like I just mentioned, the Bengals bringing, it, bringing back McCole, someone who's very familiar with the offense, should be a seamless fit right back in. So those contending teams – Maybe someone like the Dolphins looking for online help. They got a lot of bad injuries up front. The 49ers, maybe they look to bring in a receiver too. Debo, he's been out. We saw Brock Purdy the other night without, you know, Debo Samuel and uh, Trent Williams on the offensive line. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But, yeah, the the in-season trade, line, trade deadline to me is more of, like, contending teams looking for, like, patchwork stuff, you know, like, it's not a trade that's going to, like, alter their organization, but maybe it's a little something that can give them a juice during the middle of the season to try to go contend for that Super Bowl. But, yeah, you pretty much covered all the all the big names, everyone that's been, you know, floating around on social media and stuff. So that, that was really it. Yeah, I think the contract talks with uh, Sweat and Young kind of died down with the commanders. And then it's the same for Brian Burns, too. I saw they, they didn't extend him. He's been looking for a contract for like the past two years and just never got it. So he's going to be a free agent. So it's like the Panthers want anything. If they're not going to pay him, they want anything for him. Like now's walk. the time to trade him. You yeah. know, so. um, and then you mentioned, I mean, yeah, it's not really going to be big splash patchwork, you know, a team that's lacking depth and, you know, injuries at this point in the year, trying to just get a suitable guy that, you know, can plug and play at a, at a, not a, ultra high level but someone that could play at a you know good level where it's serviceable at this point although brian's i think brian burns is the biggest name like if he's moved he's yeah the one player that could definitely like he's still young enough he could impact the franchise you know for multiple years not just this season i agree man it's gonna wrap up you know our little trade talks um rumors swirling around we'll have more information you know next week when that trade deadline comes to an end but oh quickly you talked about Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs just had to Michael Parsons man uh he said you know I'm not sure if Taylor's supposed to good luck charm but when you got a baddie up in his seats man it just make you play at a higher higher motor man I that boy Mike is funny man someone needs to take his mic though from that podcast proving the Jordan Poole effect basically man that's all it is confirming it yeah, bro. Well, I mean, <laughs> so everyone knows it's true, though. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. You play sports, like, you know, bro. That boy, Micah, hilarious, bro. I'm loving uh, the player podcast going on, especially Micah, who just, like, wait, he hops on stream, like, he sits in front of his desk and does it. Um, yeah, let's jump into these pickums, man. Thursday night football, man. Bucks traveled to Buffalo to play the Bills. And the Bills, I mean, we, we really don't know what they are at this point in the season, man. They got a lot of talent. Uh, you know, Diggs, Josh Allen, they got their franchise quarterback. And right now, things just aren't clicking on all cylinders for the Bills. And it seems like when one thing's good one week, the next week, you know, kind of flip-flops. Injuries on defense have really hurt them as well, but... I mean that that's a inexcusable loss last week to the you know Patriots who struggled all year and really couldn't get anything going the past you know five weeks or so. So uh, I mean 
I just got to go with the Bills just because the Bucks, man, they're they're like one of those teams that just they don't excite you. I mean, they might get a couple wins NFC South, but they don't really wow you. Baker and Mike Evans got back on the same page last week, but Josh Allen Thursday night football after a bad loss. You know, the great quarterbacks, they don't lose two in a row that are, you know, must win. I mean, should win games as well. So, give me the Bills Thursday night. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Bills here as well against the Bucks, But I do think there's some serious questions going on in Buffalo. Now, maybe if it was a better team than the Bucks, you know, if you look at around the league, some teams that, I you know, wouldn't be too sure. Teams like, you know, the Ravens, those upper echelon teams, I mean, the Dolphins at this point, because they get them again at home, uh, the Chiefs, so that, like the Cowboys, there's some, there's like, I think there's definitely, you know, a notch above the Bills at this point, just because I think their issues are pretty, like you touched on, you didn't really go in depth, but you just mentioned like, it's like all around for the Bills. The offense, I believe hasn't, they've been slow in the Two losses they had back to back. I don't think they scored in um, against Jacksonville or New England in the first half. I could be wrong, but very very slow to start the offense. And then defensively, I mean, we were just talking about last week, like Mac Jones and that New England Patriots offense is like the least exciting thing to watch. And then you come down this game and let a game winning touchdown drive with under two minutes by Mac Jones and this New England offense. Reminds you, Stevenson takes a screen like. 30, 40 yards down the field and get some into scoring position. It's just like, like these are things the Bills used to not do at all. Like that defense used to be like, okay, you got to go score touchdowns in two minutes. It's for the Patriots or any team like that whose offense just isn't good. It's it's probably not going to happen. But we've seen this a few times. You mentioned injuries, but I mean, at this point in the season, everybody's injured. Every team has got some kind of injury. So not really the biggest excuse, although Matt Milano, Huge, huge loss for them. Trey White, another big, big loss. So I think this Bills team is definitely, definitely has some things they need to try to work on and fix quick if they want to contend like everyone thinks they are. And they, they have the quarterback talent too. So I think this is, you know, prime time Thursday night. These games have been kind of weird lately, but I think it's a get right game for Josh Allen and the Bills. And I want to see someone else step up on the offense besides Stephon Diggs because it's like if Diggs isn't open and then Josh Allen just kind of doesn't know where he wants to go to the ball next with the ball next. Saw Dawson Knox go out. He might be done for the rest of the season. So maybe we see the rookie tight end Kincaid step up. Uh, James Cook got a little more involved last game, but Latavius Murray still getting touches in that backfield. So it's kind of all over the place right now for the Bills. I want to see, you know, Outside of Stephon Diggs, a clear number two step up and kind of help this offense get going a little quicker and help that defense because they've been on the field a bunch. So uh, I think it's a, a get-right game for the Bills here. Big play Gabe, man. He's going to step up big time. but He steps up, but it's like it's once one. every three games. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're not lying. You'll see a random Gabe Davis showing like when you like you just forgot he's 112 in the, on the yards, yeah. two touchdowns on four catches. Exactly, like, yeah. And then the next week he'll have like what he had last week against the Patriots, like one catch for six yards. Like it's weird, but you mm. want to you want to see that consistency from him. Next one up, man, the Battle of MetLife. The Jets <laughs> play the Giants on the road. Um I mean, this is the showdown of, you know, Zach Wilson and 
Is it going to be Daniel Jones, like Battle of New York? Who's the king of New York? I don't know. If I'm the Giants, I'm letting Tyrod Taylor ride at this point. <laughs> he threw more first-half touchdowns than Daniel Jones has all year, and he threw one. Um, yeah, he had two touchdowns. I think that's more than Daniel Jones has had in a game this year, or just as much. <laughs> Regardless of the fact, I mean, it's going to be the Jets' defense having to step up as always. And it's going to come down who who makes, you know, the least amount of mistakes on the offense and who can make that one play as well. It's really going to come down to, in my opinion, the Giants, they've played some, you know, decent football the past couple of weeks. I don't know. I, they got me a little excited. I'm a, you know, I like Tyrod Taylor. Um, just give me, just give me the Giants and then absolute coin toss. Just maybe their defense steps up one game. I don't know, but I just couldn't pick the Jets. Yeah, I think the Jets win this one. Coming off of a bye week, they get a week to get a little more healthy. I know uh, two weeks ago in that win against the Eagles, both of their corners were banged up. I think Sauce was out with a concussion that week rest. I'm sure, or two weeks at this point, he'll be back. He'll be healthy. Uh, Brees Hall coming off that ACL last year, another week of rest for him. That'll definitely help him well, as he's getting back to full speed and he's looking really good this season too. So I think, you know, as a couple pieces come back for the Jets, this defense, I mean, I, I saw firsthand that Eagles game. It's just tough to move the ball on them at all. And I think offensively, both of these offenses offset each other in terms of just not being that good or exciting. But I think the key factor here is going to be Brees Hall. He's just every game. He just has one, one or two runs where it's like that. Like you just don't know how it happens. But he's down the field for twenty yards, and the next thing you know, he's breaking off a fifty or forty yard run. So I think Brees Hall hits one or two of those big, big runs, and this just defense just gets the ball for their offense in plus position. And Zach Wilson hasn't really been able to make these mistakes because the defense has been so good this year. When you get the ball already in field goal range, you can hand the ball off two times and throw an incomplete pass and still walk away with points. So I think that's going to be the key to success. Probably a lower scoring game here. The Giants showing a little bit of life with Tyrod Taylor, but I just think this Jets defense and their run game is going to be too much for the Giants to handle. And they just pretty much play like old school nasty football and just keep the ball away from the Giants, who don't really have much to offer already on offense although it's nice to see some of their perimeter weapons step up a little bit Jalen Hyatt looking like Odell out there with a 13 <laughs> on going for the one-handed catch in the end zone <laughs> Darius Slayton had a couple nice catches and Darren Waller finally getting to the end zone is all all promising signs but it's going to be a lot tougher against this Jets their front pass rushes as deep as anybody's in the league honestly at this point they got Pass rushers all over the line, interior and from the outside. They got lockdown guys on the boundary, and C.J. Mosley running that defense from the middle. He's a playmaker as well, veteran guy who has a bunch of experience. So I just think it's going to be a tough out. And offensively for the Giants, I'm not, I'm not too sure who's going to you know be that playmaker or difference maker. Both tackles were out last week, so against this Jets front, you definitely hope. You can get um, Andrew Thomas and whatever Evan Neal can offer you at this point back on the line. So it, it'll be tough. You yeah. really want him out there. I mean, but yeah. it, it, it's going to be tough for this Giants offense. I think this Jets defense really gets out through it. So I'm going I'm to pay the Jets. Next game up, man, Jacksonville Jaguars going to play the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, and Jags. Travis Etienne, he's been stepping up of late. 
becoming, you know, kind of one of the top rushers in this league. He's scoring touchdowns, bro. <laughs> this Left point and in right. the season. Calvin Ridley is basically non-existent Don't in this offense. Um, but the Jags, I mean, they've been finding ways to win games. I mean, they almost blew it against the Saints on Thursday night. I almost forgot who they played that week. Um, <laughs> you know, we're easily could have went the Saints way and the Jags could have went home losers, but they didn't. We play, they play in the NFL, man. Uh, almost ifs, ands, or buts doesn't matter. When it comes to the end of the season, so the Steelers, man, I mean, I say it week in and week out, someone that does watch them play. I saw another clip this week of, you know, Kenny Pickett once again changing the play at the line of scrimmage and <laughs> resulting in a Najee touchdown. So if Kenny Pickett's not killing the play 30 times a game, man, this Steelers offense is abysmal to watch, almost comparable to the New England Patriots, in my opinion. They do get Deontay Johnson back, opens up that offense a little bit. He had a solid week last week. Got right back to it, man. Almost no drop-off for him. But, I mean, the Jags, I've said it. Last last year, they were a second-half team. So, I'm thinking maybe this year, they also trend in that second-half direction as well. Where you see T-Law become one of the best QBs in the league. And it, it's going to be... A tough matchup against that Steelers defense that's thrown fits and problems all year long, but the Jags get a tough road win in a hostile environment uh, against the Steelers. I'm I like the Steelers in this game. I although you know another week, I think uh the the Jags like you mentioned played the Saints on Thursday night, so a couple extra days for Trevor Lawrence and that leg that knee injury to heal up. I think that'll be big. This Jaguars offense, it, it has flashes. I don't think it's as consistent as some of the better offenses in the league. When you look at the Miamis, when you look at the Philadelphias and the Kansas City Chiefs of the world. But the Jags definitely have some flashes, some some really, really high highs. You mentioned Etienne. He's just scoring touchdowns all over the place. You got um, Christian Kirk, who's become the note, stepping up as the number one in the slot. Evan Ingram. He's a really, really nice target for Trevor Lawrence as well. So the team has a lot of a lot of positive things going on for him, but the Steelers just find ways to win, bro. It's so weird. Like you mentioned, this offense, you know, similar to the Patriots, although I would say their weapons are very far ahead than the Patriots oh, yeah, at this 100%. point. Yeah. Like George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, shit. I mean, Najee, I think he's slightly worse than Ramondre, but I'm taking him over Zeke. Jalen Warren, I'm taking over Zeke at this point. No, 100%. He, he got into Jaylen the Jalen Warren should be RB1, but... Yeah, so I think that, that Steelers offense has potential. They showed strides last week against the Rams, so... And I know it was an away game, but we always joke about this. Like, there were so many Pittsburgh Steelers so many. fans there. Like, like, you know, these historic franchises, these teams that have a history of winning... There's games in LA. If they if the team travels good already, like you might as well just chalk it up and say it's gonna be a home game for them because that it was just ridiculous out there, man. But yeah, I think at home, TJ Watt just continues to just be a playmaker for the Steelers team. Even if it's a game where he doesn't get a sack, he ends up getting an interception and helping out this team and getting the offense the ball in plus field position. So 
he just has a nose for the ball. TJ Watt, I mean, he's just one of the best players in general, not even defensive players. Just finds ways to get involved, finds ways to make plays. Steelers at home, they're kind of riding high right now. They got, they're got they on a little win streak. They won, I believe, was it two in a row? So I think the Steelers keep the momentum going, and they get a, a solid home win against the Jags, who they've been stepping up as well offensively, defensively. The other Josh Allen, as they like to say, he's been very good this season. I think he's up there in sacks and pressure totals as well. So I think it'll be a good game. One or two big plays here or there, but ultimately I, I just like the Steelers at home. TJ Watt probably makes, you know, some crazy play and everyone Steeler fans are the worst, but I mean, they just never mind, bro. I just give me the Steelers, bro. They suck. <laughs> I'll I'll say it, bro. They suck. And Daniil Hunter leads the league in sacks right now with nine. It's crazy. Um, Josh Allen does have seven on the season. He's tied for fourth. TJ Watt, eight. Um, but, yeah, Josh Allen, he's been balling this year, uh, really coming into his own, kind of what the, the Jags drafted him to be as, that superstar pass rusher. So it's good to see, you know, for those fans in Jacksonville. Next game up, man, your Philadelphia Eagles coming off a huge win. Travel to Washington to play the Commanders, and I mean you've kind of been higher on the Commanders. Not a buyer of Sam Howell. That just they lost to the Giants last week. No, I picked them the, the Giants to win this week um, against the Jets, but I'm just throwing some things out there. Just give me the Eagles. I mean, I know it's a divisional matchup. It should be a little bit gritty. Should be a little bit tough, but just give me the Eagles. I'm sure you'll cover. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Eagles here as well. And, you know, any faith in Sam Howell and that commander's team, I had the very little I had to begin with is just after watching some of those plays and a little bit of that game, it's just out the window, man. Sam Howell sacked 40 times on pace to be the most sacked quarterback ever in an NFL season. More than luck was, bro. That's insane. Yeah, more than I think right now it's uh, David Carr, Darren Carr's brother who holds the record. I think he's been, I think he was sacked like, 70-something times or whatever. And, yeah, Sam Howell is clearly on pace to break that right now. So, it's just tough, man. Eagles, they really stepped up. I know <laughs> me and you had a conversation. You talked about, you know, what went down during the game. But, ultimately, I just think it came down to the Eagles being, you know, the more physical team and being able to run the ball more than the Dolphins. The Dolphins, got they had absolutely no run game. So the Eagles are able to kind of sit back in that quarter's coverage, try to play, you know, that soft man, soft zone, excuse me, and kind of keep everything in front of them. Whereas the Eagles were able to run the ball a bit. The Dolphins did make a, a couple of nice plays. Christian Wilkins was very active. Jalen Phillips also, I believe, had the first sack from Lane Johnson, giving up since 2020. So he got going on that strip sack. But the Eagles were able to move the ball a little bit through the ground and ultimately opened up, you know, had a couple double move opportunities on the sidelines, a couple big shots down the field, and I think ultimately that's what won it. And against the Commanders, I know they were the last, te- they were the te- first team that beat us last year, and uh, this year it was kind of a close game until AJ Brown kind of had his breakout against Emmanuel Forbes. But both of those games were at home. The Commanders, for some reason, always play the Eagles better at Philadelphia. Last year when we went to uh, Washington, that's when Devontae Smith had that really big game. Had that one touchdown catch and that huge catch over the middle where he just jumped over like two commander defenders. So 
back in Washington, I think the Eagles will perform a lot better. And yeah, Sam Howell, you know, best of luck to you, buddy, because this is not a good recipe when you have, you know, a fearless gunslinger quarterback who's not afraid to stand in the pocket and take hits. Well, hopefully his O-line will, you know, like you don't want to be that when you have the worst O-line in the league and you're the most sacked quarterback. So you want to get rid of that ball, kind of, you know, get out of the pocket, find ways to, you know, extend the play life and not just stand in the pocket like a statue and stare down the barrel, especially against his Eagles front seven who just get after the quarterback up there with the best of them. So, yeah, I'll take Philly. So even though Derek Carr is on this, I mean, David Carr is on this list twice. Um, three of the top five most sacked quarterbacks in a season. They're they're Houston. I know David Carr was twice, 2002, 2005. That's probably why his career was so short. Deshaun Watson, 2018. So a lot of Houston quarterbacks and not having an O-line. I want to shout out Ryan Tannehill, 2013, when the Dolphins had no O-line whatsoever. Randall Cunningham was the second most in 86. Your Eagles, I mean... There's some names in here. Russell Wilson, 2022, 55. Wait, so what's the what's the most? Same with David Justin Carr? Fields. Yeah, D- David Carr, 76 times. Yeah, 76. I think that's what I said. And then he was sacked 68 times. in 2005 as well for the third most. So, Tough. I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine it was a fun time for David Carr in Not Houston at all. at all. Not at all. Um. But yeah, this is amazing. What year? Here. 2002. Wasn't that like the expansion season? That was like the first year the Texans were a franchise. Maybe, but <laughs> 2002, 2005. I mean, John Kitna in 06. John Kitna, that's a name. <laughs> yeah, man. Not, um, you know what? Never mind. Um, but yeah, so David Carr, most sacked 76. Next game up. I mean, we'll talk about the Dolphins-Eagles when the Dolphins come up on these picks. But Rams-Cowboys, man, going into Jerry's world. Puka Nakua had the game last week. They just couldn't couldn't get it done against the Steelers. As you said, the Steelers win in some weird ways. Looked like the Rams honestly should have had that game. They were Yeah, a very controversial the spot there on that, that final drive. Oh, I didn't even see that For part. For Kenny Pickett, yeah. It was, I guess he tried to sneak it like – I don't even know if it was a tush push. It might have been or a sneak, one of them, yeah. But he looked clearly short, and they got a favorable spot that, you know, kind of prolonged the drive on fourth and one, so. (sighs) Oh, man. Anyways, I mean, the Zebras are going to be the Zebras, man. What what can I say? (laughs) But Rams-Cowboys in Jerry's world, tough game for the Rams. And you know what? I was going to say the Cowboys should have this top teams in the league. I'm going to change my pick, man. Game time decision, man. Give me the Rams. I mean, I just said it, bro. They were moving that ball no problem against the Steelers offense. The, you know, Matt Stafford being able to throw the ball um, like he did two years ago versus last year when he dealt with that injury. Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, two clear-cut number one wide receivers on the same team. I know the injury to Kyron Williams. I think he's going to be out once again this week. Regardless of the fact, you know, Daryl Henderson, longtime Ram, (laughs) signed up. I know they got your boy uh, Evans that played four special team snaps or whatever. But the Rams, man, I just – Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, they don't excite me. I think they're coming off a bye, aren't they? They are. 
So it's not really a smart pick going with the Rams. Sort of just straight gut instinct at this point, man. And I think I think the Rams receivers are going to eat against this, you know, now lackluster Cowboys secondary. Yeah, uh, you picking the Rams there and against the Cowboys, I'm not going to argue with one bit. I, I just think the Cowboys at home are the slightly better team. So I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Now, I, w- I w- would love if the Rams won, but in, <laughs> <laughs> in this Pickham's case, I think this week I like the Dallas Cowboys. Rams, you mentioned, they always they come out hot. They, every single game they've played so far, whether it was, you know, I think it was the first half against the 49ers. They've been able to hang around with some of these really good teams, but towards the end, they just kind of run out a little bit juice. So I think the Cowboys at home are able to withstand, you know, that passing attack from you, like you mentioned, those two really good receivers and Cup and Nakua, Stafford sling the ball around. I think the Cowboys lean a little bit more into the run game, kind of play that possession, keep the ball away from that offense. CeeDee Lamb makes a big play or two here or there. And as long as Dak plays turnover free football and this defense is able to get a couple stops, I think they'll be I think they'll be able to survive at home. So I'm gonna pick the Cowboys. Next one up, man, NFC North matchup, Minnesota Vikings coming off a huge win the other night, yesterday night actually, um, against the 49ers. Travel to Lambeau to play the Packers and you know, meme swirling, you know. Packers Nation swirling around, you know, missing Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love when he doesn't have, you know, the check down going for 30 yards, whatever the case might be. Uh, You know, the Packers defense has been holding up real nice. You got some nice weapons over there. Aaron Jones, you know, another week healthy should be better in that sense. But, I mean, the Vikings sort of do this every year. You kind of think, ah, this is the year they, you know, fell off like, they're going to rebuild. They're going to – Kirk Cousins isn't the guy, and then they somehow end up making the playoffs, just getting in there, winning that NFC North. And I think we're at that point in the season, man. You come Girl, off, The Vikings don't always do that. What's, I mean, for two years they've done that. When? They didn't do it last year. Last year it was everyone thought they were, like, the best team in the league, and they got bounced out the first round yeah, by the Yeah, first Giants. round. I said they get to the playoffs, man. I didn't say they win in the but playoffs. But no, you were like, they come on slow or whatever. Bro, they were one of the best teams all throughout the regular season last year. They had like three losses, four losses. I get what you're saying, yeah, but it's like, not it's not like that, though. Like, I, the Vikings aren't like that. They're just... Well, especially well they're like, like that after the last, last couple, week. Well, this season, yeah. Not always, though. It's just the Vikings' DNA, man. I don't know. It's... Being in that that Viking type uh, atmosphere, I don't I don't know, but you know Daniel Hunter coming off a big game last week, now nine sacks on the year. You know maybe the Vikings hit a little turning point. Someone told me they said Justin Jefferson faking it. They saw him hopping around. That hamstring looked good, man. After the yeah. T.J. Hawkinson catch, one hundred percent. I mean, I don't think so at this. And point. my fantasy team is suffering because. Of it. <laughs> I don't think he's just, just going to sit out. I know his contract is big. Um, but I got the Vikings, man. On the road, Lambeau. Tough environment. Regardless of the fact, I just think the Vikings are going to get hot at the right time. And right now, it's going to start now. Maybe, you know, Alex Madison gets his first rushing, rushing touchdown this year. The Vikings get a rushing touchdown in general. But the Packers, I mean... They started hotter. They've sort of cooled off. 
and they right now don't have an answer for anything on offense. Yeah, I like the Packers here on the at home, excuse me. I think we kind of get a game where both teams kind of, you know, come back to earth. I mentioned last week where the Packers are a super young team. There's going to be some very big ups and some very big downs. And I think this is one of those weeks where they kind of, you know, get back on track, find something they like against a divisional opponent at home. I mean, I'm not going to say must-win game because at this point, what are your expectations for the Packers? But I think if they win this game, it'll really, really help, you know, the confidence of Jordan Love and, you know, this fan base and Matt LaFleur right now because, you know, things circling online, everyone calling for his job, saying his play calling, game management isn't the best. So you want to see those guys get back on track. Jordan Love, just want to see him playing more confident. He has the talent. Just want to see him make the right reads put the ball where he needs to. And on the Vikings side, I like you mentioned they like they might be turning the corner. We just saw them have a really, really nice, convincing win on prime time. Now, you know, maybe we're giving the Vikings a little too much credit on, you know, just a night where they kind of caught the 49ers lacking. They caught them slipping. So are the Vikings really that good? Like, are they going to be a top contending team? I don't really think so. I think the Vikings at this point are kind of closer to the Packers than they are the 49ers, even though they just beat them. So I'm going to say this could go either way as well. Like you mentioned, the Pack, the Vikings, if Jordan Love and the offense don't figure things out, defense has been okay at times. But it's only so much you can do when they're just always on the field. And the Vikings, if Kirk Cousins can continue to you know, just figure things out, that play calling was really, really good last night as well. So that play calling and Kirk, you know, just being a very solid quarterback, making some big time throws in the pocket, O'Lion was able to protect them against a solid pass rush. Then I can easily see the Vikings walking away with this win. But I think the Packers get right. Jordan Love, you know, hits a few of those big plays down the field and they sneak out with a win at home. The next game up, man, I just looked at it and my brain doesn't even want to process this game whatsoever. The battle of the AFC versus NFC South. I mean, Falcons travel to Tennessee to play yeah. the Titans in a, a real matchup of the week, man. I think, you know, we got game of the week, man. I, we got to come up with a name. Trash can of the week. I, I don't know, <laughs> bro. The garbage bowl, the, whatever you want to call it, week eight. I like that the rest of the games. There's some other ones that could be close, but I think this is up there with those and um, just I don't have much to say about either of these teams at this point. Just give me Atlanta. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Falcons here as well. I'm with you. I don't really got much to say. <laughs> Only thing I will say is Desmond Ritter just keeps trying to lose these games, and they somehow <laughs> keep winning. So, I mean, just let them keep winning, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Atlanta Falcons here, 2023 NFC South champions. <laughs> Someone's got to win a division. Uh, Hosting a playoff game. That's insane. AFC East matchup once again for the New England Patriots. They travel to Miami to play the Dolphins. And Bill Belichick, you know, his record comparable in Foxborough to Miami is not great at all. He struggles down there in Miami. And this year being, you know, the Pats not being so good, the Dolphins a little bit better. I'm going to take the Dolphins, obviously. Talked about, you know, what happened in that Eagles game. The rushing attack definitely did not help. 
But, I mean, it was just really that pressure from that Eagles defensive line. I mean. The first play, Jalen Carter. Yeah, I mean. Popped out, yep. Blown up in the backfield. I mean, two yards behind the line of scrimmage every play. They reset the line of scrimmage on every run. Um, kind of reminded me of watching the Browns play defense and the way that front was operating. It was at an elite level with the Dolphins' O-line being banged up and just awful. I mean, it was tough to try to move the ball downfield, even give two or more than two seconds in the pocket. Really limits your play calling. When you can't run the ball and become one-dimensional, I mean, teams figure you out. This is the NFL, and great teams capitalize off that. Not even going to sit here and talk about the officiating because <laughs> was that bad? Um, but, yeah, once again, it's the NFL, man. You can't control officiating. You can't control calls at the end of the game. You can't. It's none of that. The Eagles just won the game in the trenches, and Dolphins couldn't get it going. So this week, the Pats D-line, nowhere near the level. Um, So, yes, just give me the Dolphins. Spend that offense to get back on track and maybe get the run game, you know, going, take the pressure off that offensive line that's been – Right now, I mean, it's just a handicap online. It's whoever they could put out there. I mean, Isaiah Wynn just went on IR now this week as well. So I think the Dolphins don't even have a backup guard because their backup guard's playing center right I see now. See, Jalen Carter injured on the first play, wasn't it? I think that was. Was it the first play? Yeah, it was one, like the first series. I yeah, think. I think it was. It, the first it was. Play, yeah. It was quick. They, they literally. I think they got to sign someone this week from practice squad because. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna pick the Dolphins here as well at home. It's that infamous get right game. Me and you are always talking about looking for those teams coming off a loss, trying to you know get back on track. And I think this this will definitely be a good one for the Dolphins. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they come out and put up another one of those big forty point games and score a bunch of points. Uh, defensively, I think the Patriots. You know, I mean, it's Bill Belichick. That's what they're known for. I, f- I forgot where I was listening. Someone was like, "Yeah, Belichick, like during practices or whatever, like." To emulate going against Tyreek Hill, start receivers like six yards down the field and like and then snap the ball. It just shows you, you know, kind of the ins and outs and how they try to game plan against someone like Tyreek Hill who just isn't fair. And I don't even think that does them justice at all. So, you know, the Pats, I think they'll make a couple nice plays on defense just because Bill Belichick, you know, his pedigree, that defense, he'll scheme a couple things up. But ultimately, I just to beat the Dolphins, you got to score points. Like, Philly just beat them. They had to put up 30-plus points. The Bills, when they beat the Dolphins, they scored 28 points. So, these teams, you got you got to score points against the Dolphins. And I just don't think this Patriots offense is anywhere near capable of scoring points with Miami. The way McDaniels has those guys going, the speed they have. So, give me Miami at home. Get right game. Tyree Kill, he's just unfair, man. I mean... Watching him against the Eagles, literally just running straight through a double team to a point of the ball out there. Another touchdown he should have had. He just dropped it, took his eyes off, and kind of just his knee, I think, hit it out like at the last second. So it it's just unfair the amount of, you know, space and the separation he gets due to his speed, the amount of respect, how far back the safeties have to play. And when him and Waddle are both on the field, it, it's kind – it's basically unstoppable. So – I expect the Dolphins. I'm not. I'm not too worried about them. Although you know, when it comes to those those big games playing against those contenders, you want to see them get over the hump. And I think they'll have some opportunities down the road later on in the season. Right now, I think it it was a tough loss. Yes, but 
kind of kind of a loss the Dolphins needed. You know, they you gotta you gotta figure out one way or another to play against these tough teams. And uh, you know, the Eagles they've been nice over the past last season, made it to the Super Bowl. The Bills one of the better teams the last couple of years. Starts up front, starts in the trenches. So now I think the Dolphins are kind of finally understanding that if we want to be competitive, we want to win these games. We got to be physical. We can't just run around people. We got to be able to, you know, initiate contact up front in the trenches. And I think the Dolphins figure they'll be okay. They'll figure it out down the road. And I think this is a good game here against the Patriots. Dolphins, I, I wouldn't be too worried if I was a Dolphins fan. They get back right. I'm going to pick the fans at home. And for how ugly of a game the Dolphins play. I mean, it was a one-score game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You saw a shot. You mentioned the Tyreek Hill drop touchdown. I mean. And he had another one called back, I think, for to holding or something yeah. earlier in the game. Yeah. Dolphins have two backup O-linemen right now active on the roster, so I don't know what they'll do, but maybe they just called one up. Jeff Wilson return game also, question mark, but um, not expecting him to be heavily involved in the offense, man. Next game up. New Orleans Saints travel to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Um, another one of those games. It is. I mean, you know, the Saints had a chance to win that Thursday night game. That was a tough, tough break for Foster Monroe in the back of the end zone. But the Saints, Chris Olave arrest, yes, last night. I mean, Derek Carr, we, we've seen it. I don't got to touch on it. But regardless <laughs> – Coach Jonathan Taylor, he was looking like JT of old, man. He was getting after last week against an elite defense. And whether it was the pass game or the run game, he was getting involved in it. Zach Moss is still no scrub in the backfield. I mean, sort of like a one-two punch they got going there, which they need, especially with the backup quarterback in Gardner Minshew, who is a, you know, he could be a starter at, you know, fringe teams that are really in limbo. Regardless of the fact, man, give me the Colts at home. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Colts here at home as well, and that offense is definitely starting to click. And you mentioned Jonathan Taylor. He's kind of looking like his old self, the emergence of Josh Downs. He had a really big game, the rookie out of UNC, I believe. Mm-hmm. Pittman, not happy about his targets, but, you know, I think he had a, a long touchdown in that game as well. So when he gets the ball, he he's a solid option. He can make plays. And Gardner Minshew, like you just mentioned, showing why he's the best backup in the league. Against, a, you know, we talked about it last week, the best Browns defense in the league. He goes out, shows a gutsy performance, able to scramble a little bit, got going through the ground. I think he had a rushing touchdown as well. So I think the, the Colts will be okay. They're better than the Saints. I mean, Derek Carr is just is not what you expected when you signed him to that contract for the Saints. They're in a, a very tough place cap-wise. I mean... They, it's like a joke, you know, the running joke, all the memes and stuff. The Saints just never have any money. They keep paying all these guys, and, like, <laughs> no one, no one's producing, and it, it's tough. Their defense is solid, but it's just tough when you're on the field the entire time, the offense turning the ball over, giving teams the ball in plus territory. So, um, yeah, give me the Colts at home. I think it'll be a, a decent game, but the Colts will definitely get rolling offensively. They're, the Saints are nowhere near on the Browns level, excuse me, defensively. They're a good team, a good defense, but I don't think they're as good as the Browns. So, yeah, give me the Colts. Yeah. And we call it, you know, we make the running joke of the, you know, teams being in cap hell. And the Saints, <laughs> I think they've been there since we've literally been Drew in high Brees, school. So, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's literally a decade almost at this point in our life. It's felt like that, yeah. So, it, it's crazy. You now you go back and think about it ever since, you know, they had Cam Jordan, Lattimore was signing those big contracts. Drew Brees, you mentioned. I mean, it, it's been a running, 
running clock of them not having cap space for a while. So that's going to lead us to our next game. This is this was also up, you know, in my garbage bowl. But I like the Texans. They're a fun team to watch, man. C.J. Stroud uh, really coming on, the best rookie quarterback in the class so far. He's facing his counterpart, who's drafted just ahead of him in Bryce Young this week. So it should be fun to watch the two rookies go at it. Um, I'm going to take the Texans on the road. I didn't see your pick, man. I thought it was a little clear cut, but I mean, both these teams, not really great. Texans offense is just, I believe in it a little more, even with the emergence connection of, you know, Adam Thielen on the other side. Yeah. I really like the Texans as well. CJ Stroud, he touched on it. He's, you know, off to like. One of the best starts ever at front of a rookie quarterback just through his first interception two weeks ago, I believe, before the bye last week. So, C.J. Stroud has been everything you want to see from a rookie quarterback. Nico Collins, he's been his number one target getting involved on the field. Donald Schultz has been a nice safety blanket. And then Tank Dell has been a fun explosive weapon for them as well offensively. <clears throat> and then on the defense, they've been pretty good. They got Derek Stingley. Jalen Petrie over the top, and Will Anderson Jr. has really, really come on strong. He's been super productive for them. Miko Ryan's a solid head coach, but, I mean, I really do like the Texans. They're favorite. They're probably going to win. I just picked the Panthers just because I want to see the controversy. Bryce Young has his first solid game against C.J. Stroud. Proves he was worth the number one pick. Questions start floating around, you know. The Panthers feeling like they made the right pick. The Texans, who up to this point feel like they made the right pick. You know, you saw the couple of Texan players come out and say, you know, oh, I'm, we picked the right quarterback. So Bryce Young, little chip on his shoulder. So I, I just think that'll, that'll be a fun storyline. It'd be nice to see Bryce Young get his first win against the two picks right after him, I believe, and C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson went two and three right behind them. Mm-hmm. So that'd be a cool little storyline. So that's the only reason I'm picking the Panthers. Not not really anything football wise. I just think it'll be an interesting storyline. And I think the Panthers have to get a win eventually, right? Yeah. Like they don't have their own first round pick, so it's not like they have an incentive to tank or lose these games. They're trying to win, they just can't. <laughs> so uh I'm gonna take the Panthers. Maybe they get the first win this week, coming off of a bye as well. I think both of these teams are actually coming off of a bye. So yeah, give me give me the Panthers, but I mean I would not be surprised if CJ Stroud comes out, slings the ball all over the place, and uh, proves that he is—he was the right pick. So, either way, I definitely think the Texans win. But yeah, I'll, I'm gonna take the Panthers and go with the storyline here. Kind of a, just a fun pick. <laughs> I see, bro. Maybe you should be an NFL scriptwriter at this point, because <laughs> I mean, shit, you—it's a nice little, nice little plot, man. You put a nice little book to it, call it a short story, but. Next game up, Cleveland Browns travel to Seattle on the 12th, man. Play the Seahawks, man. I'm going to take the Browns. You were asking me a ton of questions this week. I told you I'd just answer them on a podcast. So if you got any questions about, you know, the Browns, now's the time to ask. Because nothing about the Browns. For me, you were talking, it was mainly about the Dolphins and Eagles. So I think Uh, we, we pretty much covered all that. The Browns, I mean, I'll just say I picked the Seahawks. Slightly because of football and slightly because I just knew you were going to pick the Browns in a close game. So I kind of just, that kind of just made me upset. I was like, of course he's going to go with the Browns. Where <laughs> if it's any other team, he probably picks the Seahawks. So I was like, give me this. I'll take the Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks have been one of those teams where they've just been good. They haven't been great 
and they haven't been really bad. They've just been a solid team. And, you know, it was DK Metcalf out last week, I believe. It was really nice to see JSN get involved. I believe he caught his first touchdown pass of his career from Geno last week. Kenneth Walker was really productive on the ground. This defense, Devin Witherspoon, continuing to be, you know, a big play rookie for them on the outside. And they still got Tariq Woolen, you know, one of the better cover corners in the league. So they got a lot of nice pieces on this Seahawks team. I think, you know, that'll be a very tough out. At home, I think makes a difference for this team as well. Geno Smith, he's kind of, you know, just embodies what the Seahawks are at this point, you know. Not super flashy, not going to, you know, have all the big numbers, but when it comes down to it, he'll make the right play. He can get the job done. He won't be horrible. And against a, a Browns team last week, we saw that could they could be a little vulnerable, especially with, you know, just, I mean, at this point in the season, even though we got teams, you know, rolling out Mac Jones, we got teams rolling out maybe not Brian Hoyer, that's a stretch, but Zach Wilson. I know you would have took, you wouldn't have said Zach Wilson would be a better situation right now at quarterback than the Browns so far this year. So, one of the bigger question marks at quarterback right now, especially with the other teams, you know, like Justin Fields, he's out, but we know once he comes back, it'll be his team. Big, big question mark right now, Deshaun Watson. Got banged up again. Then was on the sideline. Looked like he could go. Maybe he couldn't. Not really sure what was going on there. And then P.J. Walker was a USFL legend, but that's about it. He's throwing Hail Marys to D.J. Moore. Outside of that, not really much to offer there from the quarterback-wise. I think Jerome Ford, he got banged up as well, so that'll Mm -hmm. hurt Kareem Hunt. Probably will continue to take most of the workload in. Pass-catching-wise, Amari Cooper, David Njoku, Elijah Moore, these are guys you, you like. They, there's some promise out there, but you, you just got to be able to get the ball to them. And it's tough right now. Miles Garrett just literally just backpacking this team, has the team on his back. He's the reason they won this game, making big plays and big moments on defense and special teams. So, I mean, if you're a Browns fan, you, I just really – like I, I don't know like who else other than Miles Garrett right now you just think for having a winning record and being in this position because – Without him, after Nick Chubb goes down, this season could have, you know, turned very dark very quickly. But I think Miles Garrett and his defense has been able to carry them. So I think the Browns will be okay. They just got to figure out what's going on at quarterback. But against a a solid team like the Seahawks on the road, I think it'll be tough. So I'm going to pick the Seahawks. Yeah, four and two, man. I didn't expect it either. But here we are. Um, Quarterback thing. Just I, I want this to be like played in front of the Browns organization somehow, some way. Um, this comes from the front office all the way down to the coaches, bro. It's just they got to be fucking better, man. Like I, I don't get it. You run Deshaun Watson out there, he takes one hit, one hit, and he's out. Like yo, Safansky says he wanted to sit him for precautionary issues. It's like, bro. Why even start the man? Why even practice him on Thursday? Make him go full. And he's like, you know, struggling to do so. Why wasn't he put on IR four <laughs> weeks ago when he couldn't play? Like, you're talking about putting him in an IR now. Like, bro, it may, it just make it make sense. It's just, it, it's horribly. Um, I don't think it's like so much a question mark at quarterback. Is it like, you know, who could play for him, bro? It's like. Just like, what's going on? Like, 
I certainly don't have the answer, man. Just poorly run organization. Wants to find a way. Just to mess it all up, man. Shout out MG. Shout out Denzel. Shout out that whole D-line has been balling, man. Grant Delpit. Emerson Island. I think he did get cooked one time last week. But regardless of the fact, man, best DB room, best defense. Just best defense in general. Shout out Duskin, Duskin, Dustin Hopkins before I uh, – <laughs> I don't want to bring any bad mojo to this team, but yeah, shout out to you, big dog. Bengals Niners um, in San Fran. Bengals, I think they're coming off a bye last week. I don't think they played. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just give me the Niners, man. They're coming off two losses in a row. You know, banged up or not, you said it. Everyone's injured at this point in the season. You just got to do better at home. You can't drop one. You know, against a good team like the Bengals, who started off really slow, then they maybe you know showed some flashes of the old, old Cincinnati, and you know coming off a bye, get another week healthy. This is a game for them, so I think it's going to be a really close one. I think the 49ers prevail. I think Bosa, you know, kind of has a field day with you know this Bengals O line. You made a pivot earlier in the podcast, and I think I'm going to follow suit here. I'm going to change my pick. I- I like the Bengals, man. Last night, after watching that game, that 49ers defense showed there were, you know, there's some weaknesses out there on the outside. War got caught up, a couple PIs holding, and, you know, Jordan Addison really just got beat early. But throughout the game, as the game kept going on, Jordan Addison just got stronger and stronger. That big touchdown right before the half, really just kind of making plays downfield the entire night. TJ Hawkinson really got involved. He was open, seemed like over the middle every single play. So if Joe Burrow has time, which is a big if considering, you know, this O-line, but coming off of a bye week, Burrow, another week to rest that calf. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, he's been banged up. Maybe he's a little healthier now after the bye. So I think the Bengals have the weapons on the outside to go against pretty much anybody, but especially against this 49ers defense and, and watching Fred Warner, he's just all over the place. He's making plays like in the run game, in the passing game. He's like I saw a clip of him like guarding the check down and jumping up and tipping a pass in the end zone intended like to oppose. So he's definitely an X factor. He makes a difference. But if those receivers on the outside are able to get going, I mean, you saw what Jordan Addison did. Just imagine what you know, Mr. Seven Eleven, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins on the outside are going to be able to do if Joe Burrow just has a little bit of time. So, you know what? I think the 49ers continue to slide. Questions around Brock Purdy. Is he the guy? Is his Lynn Sanity run over? Lynn Sanity run. You know, that's the big joke going around on social media right now. I think the 49ers will be fine eventually, but I just think the Bengals and, you know, the way they play and their strengths is kind of, you know, exactly what – is the formula that we saw the Vikings used to beat the 49ers last night and kind of, you know, put up some points on what we on what is a really good defense but looks a little weak on the outside. Their front seven we know is good, but if you're not able to get home, zero sacks on Kirk Cousins last night, it's going to be a tough outing for those corners and that, you know, that secondary group back there. So I think Joe Burrow, I don't think – I think they'll get to him a couple times, but – they give him just enough time, give Jamar Chase and T. Higgins just a little bit of time to get open downfield, even give them the ball quick, and they're able to make plays on the perimeter away from, you know, Dre Greenlaw and 
uh, Fred Warner in the middle of the field. I think they can get going. I think they can score a couple points. And, I mean, at this point, try to make Brock Prady play from behind because we've yet to see him, you know, go down the field and make that big drive and win the game. So, I mean, give me the Bengals on the road. And, you know, the Eagles continue to just lock up the number one seed in the NFC. That's really where this pick came from. <laughs> I gave all that great Bengals analysis, uh, but yeah, I just want the Eagles to just, you know, lock up number one seed. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm in my, I'm in my I'm, Maloney bag right, right now. Bro. I knew you were going to go along those lines, but all, all my picks, I mean, I picked against the, the Cowboys. My you know, it wasn't really whatever man next game up <laughs> if i could abolish one team from the league right now and i think it might be the denver broncos who <laughs> host the kansas city chiefs um just shout out javante williams hoping he does good like he did last week solid you know i think he had 80 rushing yards on like 15 carries so just keep it up for my fantasy team but other than that there's no fun in watching a broncos game i mean just none at all um it, give me the chiefs that's it. Yeah, it's going to be a little different in Jordan Love and his young Green Bay offense this week. You're going to play against, you know, arguably, not even arguably, the best quarterback in the league right now, Patrick Mahomes, MVP front runner. And those guys get it done offensively. I'm sure Taylor Swift will be somewhere in the crowd doing a little handshake. Some away game. She, I mean, <sighs> she was at New York. Like, she'll show up for Kelsey. <laughs> At Denver, you know, it's a nice little city. I've never been there, but one of the, you know, one of the more popular yeah, cities in America. Beautiful, probably. Yeah, 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 I'm sure. So, she'll be there. I'm Mile sure she high. will. <laughs> yeah, regardless if she's there or not, baddies in the crowd or not, I'm sure <laughs> Travis Kelsey, he'll produce. Patrick Mahomes, he'll produce. Rasheed, or Rasheed Rice, he'll probably score another touchdown. And like you mentioned, Denver offensively and defensively just looking for a lot of answers uh it'll be tough but yeah give me the chiefs arguably the best team second best team they're up there so yeah i like the chiefs keep rolling next one up ravens man travel to arizona play the cardinals uh i mean this is a should win game for baltimore i mean being one of the top teams in the afc trying to claim that afc north title as well as i think they're the number two seater maybe number number three or four regardless of the fact they're trying to get the that buy they're trying to get into that top seating they're trying to take control of that division with the browns kind of hanging around there and the Bengals and steelers also kind of hanging around yeah all those teams just right up there yeah still up for grabs and you want to come out last week with a huge statement win at home i want to see them do it on the road against you know a lesser opponent in the cardinals nonetheless Road victories in the NFL, tough to come by. So this is a game where, you know, you expect them to come out and win. It's going to be a tough matchup. But Ravens, they got the ball rolling last week with the run game. Gus Edwards looked very solid in the backfield. Lamar Jackson just doing Lamar things. And that game was over. I mean, the defense controlled, you know, the Lions holding them, I think, for less than 10 first downs or something. Some crazy stat. They didn't score until the fourth quarter. Uh, give me the Ravens against the Cards on the road. Yeah, like right before we started recording, we were like kind of just talking about the, the games and stuff. <laughs> you mentioned trap game, like it could. Listen, be. It, this definitely has trap game written all over it. I know the public's gonna be all on Ravens money. Mm-hmm. 
So it'd be interesting coming off of that big win against the Lions. You know, last week I predicted the game correctly, just the wrong teams. I thought the Lions were going to go in and put a dominant win. But it, it was the Ravens, man. You mentioned it. Lamar Jackson in that kind of, you know, new passing air ready offense. He's looking better than his MVP year in terms of, you know, able to just stand in the pocket, make throws. He's running. He's getting outside of the pocket, but he's not getting out to look to run. He's getting out to create plays, to extend plays. Hitting Zay Flowers down the field. Odell turned the clock back a couple years. Wasn't looking like his prime Odell self, but maybe Odell on the Rams. I'll give him that. He was getting, you know, getting open. Had a couple nice catches, and Nelson Aguilar looking like, you know, when he was on that championship run with the Eagles. That I'll never forget that 2017 year. Nelson Aguilar just wasn't dropping passes and was like one of the best receivers he was in, in the man. league. Yeah, he he was catching everything. Nick Foles made him look like a beast, but that was the the only one season he wasn't dropping passes, and we won the Super Bowl. Ironically enough, but yeah, he caught a he caught a nice touchdown pass, and then Mark Andrews just continues to be that safety blanket for Lamar. And defensively, when you when you got a team like the Ravens scoring points and, you know, keeping you on the sideline for the defense. I mean, you're coming on the field, you're fresh. They got guys flying all around. Marlon Humphreys, Kyle Hamilton, they got playmakers, Patrick Queen. Those guys will be good. Um, Cardinals, you know, rumors of Kyler Murray returning soon, if not this week, maybe within the next couple weeks. I know he was at practice last week, so they opened up the window to bring him back, which I think would make this Cardinals team interesting. They've been pretty much competitive with every team they've played so far, mm-hmm. even getting a nice win against the Cowboys. So I think Kyler Murray could definitely add some juice to this Cardinals team. But like you mentioned, man, this is a, a game the Ravens have to win on the road in a division just a couple weeks ago. We, uh, is it the worst division? Like we came into the year thinking it'd be one of the best beginning of the year. Saw a couple weeks and we we're like, is it the worst? Now, it's kind of looking like that division everyone thought. All these teams are winning. All of these teams are playing each other very, very tight. So it's going to be, you know, this division, AFC North, is going to come down to, like, the last couple weeks. And when you look at the schedule, if you see, you know, Ravens lost on the road against the Cardinals, this could be one of those deciding games where do you get that number one seed or are you a wild card? So it's going to be close. The Ravens want to get that number one seed, like you mentioned. It's going to be tough, but on the road, you got to be the team like the Cardinals. So I'm going to pick the Ravens. Although, listen, we mentioned it. We said the trap game is a possibility. So if it happens, at least we acknowledged it. (laughs) It's going to bring us to Sunday Night Football, man. Chicago Bears travel to SoFi and play the Chargers. And, I mean, these are like two opposite of the barrel teams almost. (laughs) <laughs> One team has their franchise quarterback. One wasn't sure until two weeks ago if Justin Fields was still the guy. And then, you know, unfortunately, after having some solid weeks, he gets hurt. We were talking about it. I don't think we know how to say his name. Tyler Badnay. I think it's Tyson Bagnet. Tyson. Bagnet, yeah. Like that. D2 guy, man. Yeah. He went out and performed. Yeah. Um, did his thing. Regardless of the fact, I mean, just give me the Chargers. Justin Herbert. I don't think Staley can choke this one whatsoever. Uh, if they can't beat the Bears at home in prime time, I mean, it's just going to be tough. They put up a good fight last week. But once again, in those close games, one-score games, you know, two-score, 
10 points or less, they find ways to lose them. They don't they don't find ways to win. They find ways to lose. So, I think they find a way to win this week. Yeah, I think the Chargers at home get a win as well. Although, this Bears could be a sneaky one of those, you know, Bears fans, historic franchise, they'll travel. It'll be there'll be some, there'll be a lot of Bears fans out there. 100%. In LA. Yeah, so maybe maybe it feels a little like a Chicago home game, but you mentioned no Justin Fields, just yeah, backup quarterback. It's gonna be a close game. I'm not sure what the line is. I think it's like I looked earlier. I believe it's like seven and a half or eight or something like that. I mean, if I was a betting man, and I'm I'm not. A lot of times I can be, but I'm not. I definitely take Bears plus the points here. The Chargers just seem to always find ways to make the, this make games close. Like you mentioned, they don't win games; they lose games. So down the stretch, you probably get a late Chicago cover. Staley decides to go for it in his own territory after Justin Herbert just got sacked or something like that, and then they don't get it on fourth down and the Bears score just to cover, but. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a blowout. It should be on paper, but this Chargers team just—it's a head scratcher, man. Like, I, I just don't know, man. It, it's tough. Austin Eckler really didn't get going at all last week. Quentin Johnson, their first-round pick, has pretty much been quiet. Now is when you'd like to see him step up. With Mike Williams going out for the year, this is like when you need your first-round receiver to kind of show and produce. Just hasn't. Justin Fields has been doing all he can, just not enough. And yeah, the Justin Chargers Herbert. or yeah, Justin Herbert, excuse me. Uh yeah, the Chargers just they're they're in a tough spot, man. I don't know. Especially in that division. Can never beat the Chiefs. Yeah, hopefully they should beat the Bears. Hopefully. Spread set at nine and a half and yeah. you're not a bay man. I'm a bay man, yeah, but take the fucking points. I'll tell you that. Uh Monday Night Football. Like, <laughs> Brendan Staley should not be favored, like, over four points against any team in this league. I'm sorry, bro. Like, he just shouldn't. I would – I want to bet if how many fourth down Brandon Staley goes for, for his own territory, what that line would be. Like, one and a half. <laughs> That's a tough line, bro. That's a good line. I might go over, but it depends what the score is late in the game. Anyways, Raiders-Lions, Monday Night Football – not sure what Jimmy G, what's up with Jimmy G, because they could use him back over Hoyer right now. And I don't know why they didn't start the rookie Aiden O'Connell, man. I mean, he came in and he threw a touchdown in garbage time, regardless of the fact. It looks like the better option than Brian Hoyer at this point. Uh, give me the Lions bounce back game after a tough loss. They've been a little primetime team so far this year. Expect them to get it done again, man, at home. Tough loss. They get their sixth win of the year. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Lions at home coming off of an embarrassing loss against the Ravens. I think they come out and try to prove a point against a banged up Raiders team. Josh Jacobs just hasn't looked like the Josh Jacobs of last year. Devontae Adams, he's been banged up throughout the year. I mean, it's hard to, you know, get him involved, get him the ball when Brian Horry is your quarterback, I believe. <laughs> I think I heard this stat on the Bill Simmons podcast somewhere. I think it was, but Brian Hoyer's on a 13-game losing streak as a starter. I believe that's like the second longest in NFL like history. I think um, who's the Browns quarterback? He's the only one that lost as the more games. Tim Couch. No, the when they um 
2016. Deshaun Kaiser. Oh. Yeah, I think he lost 16 straight. Yeah, he started every, when they lost. They, they I don't win think a game. he started every game, but I mean, regardless well, yeah. of the fact. Yeah, that was a tough rotating door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brian Hoyer, not a winning quarterback at this point in his career. Not sure if he ever was. But, uh, yeah, Lions get back right. They got too much talent on that team, so I, I think they, they get a job done here. So they did get a win earlier this year, but that's when he came in. He was 6 for 10. Yeah, he, he wasn't the starter. Um, well, he didn't, he didn't start those games in 21 either. Uh, I'm looking back, yeah, I mean, he hasn't won a game as a starter. Um, damn. I mean... I'm back in 2018 now. I mean, you could say the last 13. I didn't win one in 18. I mean, this dude's been playing since 2009, though. Postseason. Yeah, shit don't matter. Wow. 2017, he started one, two, three, four, five. Five games. He went on five. Anyways, that was when he was with New England. Um, There's a brain hurry deep dive for you. Yeah, I mean, I can keep going, but I got to click every single year, and I don't think anyone cares. He's 38, in case anybody was wondering what his last win is. A starter, Detroit Lions, I mean, he threw for 36 times. It's got to be a win. Oh, uh, there you go. His last win was against the Lions. Maybe this is a Sunday, um, October 2nd, 2016, he went for 302 yards. Um Two touchdowns, so 77% completion rating, 120 passer rating. Um, that was the old Lions, not the Dan Campbell-led Lions. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> Basketball, man, season's back. Lakers, Nuggets, they've already tipped. Nine-point lead for the Nuggets at the half, man. Just excited for this season. Um But, yeah, I mean, regardless of the fact, what are your comments? NBA season coming up, man. I know you're excited. I'm excited. We're in fall sports, man. Best time you get all three sports locked in. The yeah. big three. It'll be fun. I think, um, you know, right now it's just, to me, the most interesting storyline is what's going on over there in Philadelphia. I mean, even though I'm an Eagles fan, I'm not a 76ers fan, but – you know, is James Harden going to get shipped out? Saw Terrence Mann isn't going to be playing their season opener. Is that because he's about to get, you know, dealt in a package for Harden? Saw a little report today saying the Knicks would be, you know, they're, they'd they offer Julius Randle, like a bunch of players, a bunch of picks for Embiid. So, you know, potential some some movement over there in the East. And uh, think, I think it'll be interesting. The NBA is just I, – I just like it because there's just so much um, – you know, the star powers and stuff like that. Just so much movement, all those players on new teams and stuff. So, it adds a variety. I think it'll be fun. But, I mean, after what we saw Jokic and the Nuggets, what they did last year, like, I mean, what did, like you, you got to say they're the favorites, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm going with them. I, I wouldn't say. I know there's been a lot of, you know, other teams thrown in the mix. But I watched the Nuggets in the finals. Just that the, the way they were able to dominate is it's unreal. Uh, I hope, you know, the Heat somehow find a way to get back, whatever, Tyler Hero comes back. He hasn't really been healthy, 
you know, in the playoffs at all. So, you know, give him credit for, you know, just being skilled. If he's there, is it a different series? I don't <laughs> think the Heat win. Regardless of the fact, the Nuggets should be the clear-cut favorite. Don't know why they shouldn't. They downplay Jokic, and, you know, Denver's a smaller market compared to these, you know, teams we hear about, Philly, L.A., uh, now Milwaukee's up in the mix because they got Giannis and Dame. Although I just I I like that Giannis and Dame combo is just what else after that you know like at this point when you look at all these con- teams that are contending that are trying to make playoff pushes I mean all of their third guy is a lot better than what Chris Middleton Brooke Lopez at this point so I, you kind I feel like with the Bucks when you get into those playoffs when you get into that seven game series where you play the same team over and over and they find they try to figure something out to you know they maybe stop Giannis a little bit I mean you can't stop him but they slow him down a little bit they try to you know run Dame off that three point line who else can they defer to to kind of you know bring that offense along and defense too I'm not I don't know who's gonna be guarding the perimeter for that Bucks team when you look at those Middleton <laughs> yeah yeah maybe. 2018, not now, but uh, when you look at those top teams like the Nuggets, they got yeah they have Jokic and Jamal Murray, but you know you saw it down the stretch, especially in the finals, you had guys like Michael Porter Jr. step up, hit big shots. You saw um KCP come through clutch, had a big steal in the finals, knocked down a couple free throws. He had a couple big games. A lot of role players stepping up for Denver. You look at the Lakers, yeah AD and Bron, but Reeves. We saw him take a, a really big leap in the playoffs, even in Team USA, continue to get better. So he's like that third guy now to where if AD and Braun aren't options or, you know, one of them's injured, he can kind of carry the weight. The Celtics are maybe the deepest, arguably the deepest team in the league. Tatum and Brown, yeah, they're the two highest paid guys, the superstars, but they just got Holiday. They got Derek White, two arguably best perimeter defenders in the league. Porzingis, if he can stay healthy, he's looking like he'll be a crazy fit in that offense. So a lot of these teams that are trying to contend, they have depth, whereas the Bucks with Dame and Giannis, yeah, maybe the best duo in the league top-heavy-wise, but, I mean, it's, it's a team sport. You know, it's you need more than just two guys to win. So that's why I think, you know, teams like OKC, those young teams, they'll be really fun to watch this year because they got five young guys that can just all contribute, led by Shy, who – or Shea, excuse me, who, you know, is just all-pro, all-star. He's looking to take another leap. And I, I think they'll definitely be a very fun team to watch. Yeah, man. I, I think, I mean, I've been saying it since last year. OKC, you know, not the greatest team, bro, but they're fun to watch. They're young. Josh Giddy, SGA, I mean, they got talent. They got draft picks to come. Yeah, fun He'll time. be back fully healthy this Shet, year. yep. I mean. Jalen Williams, both Jalen Williams, Williams, but yep. I think J-Dub, the, the wing, who's been, mm-hmm. who stepped up. He's been really, really solid. So, and then your boy, Lou Dort. Lou solid Dort, man. Solid defender, Zoe. yeah. Zoe Sniper. <laughs> uh, he's a lockdown defender, man. Yeah, they yeah, got Lou a lot Dort, of talent. nice, man. What are they calling him? They were calling him the little Haitian sniper, man. <laughs> what was that? When he was locking up Harden? <laughs> yeah. Lou <laughs> Oh, man. We're recording this right now. NLCS Game 7 going on right now, man. You know, going for the small market poverty franchise for the past 20 years, the Diamondbacks, 1-1, one, one, uh, either bottom two or top three regardless. 1-1, one, one, I mean, I'm going D-backs, man. I am a betting man, so I did 
Might have threw a little bit of bread on money line D-backs tonight. Regardless of the fact Astros out the playoffs, Rangers somehow <laughs> get to the World Series. I mean, it's going to be a fun time for for baseball. I want to see a little Rangers, D-backs, uh, CS, man. I mean, World Series. It's going to be fun, man. Like I said, the big trifecta, the three, fall. This is where they all intertwine right here. So it doesn't get better than this. Got sports on almost every night. Uh, yeah, exciting times. Facts. You got any last comments, statements, anything like that? No, nah, man. Just about to go just watch the rest of this uh, Lakers game and catch the Warriors game later tonight. Yeah, well, I'll be watching baseball as well as basketball probably a little. Maybe play that, that Spider-Man game a little bit. Who knows? Regardless of the Miles fact. Morales. A little Miles Peter. Two-piece. Anyways, man. Episode 62, Go to Go Pod. TikTok, like, comment, share, go to go, YouTube, Apple Pod, Spotify, all that, man. Like, comment, sub, share, do all that. And until next week, man, peace.